Hey guys, um, part of this episode got corrupted, and so uh, unfortunately we don't have the full episode. What we do have is almost all of it, though. The only part that we're missing is the very end where we give our ratings. Um, so when we get to that part of the episode, I'll just cut back in, and I will tell you what we've said, basically. So uh, go ahead and give it a listen, and stick on past the credits, because things got a little weird when I wasn't here. You'll see what I mean. His arm is a toilet paper holder, and his nipple is the flusher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and why do they give why do they give Shadow the Hedgehog just a tuft of chest hair? It's sexy. I guess. I guess. Yeah, because that's what I'm looking for when I'm going to take a shit into Sonic's mouth. Is sexy. Hey, you know who else is sexy? Kurt Russell. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and uh, I've got an awesome eye patch. I'm Brian. I'm an illustrator here in Nashville, and I make a really cool basketball shot. That's the different movie. Is that Los <laughs> Angeles? That's Escape from L.A. Damn it! <laughs> I'm still a really good basketball player. <laughs> I'm Caleb Smith. I am an analyst here in Nashville, and I am an inescapable prison. And we're opinionated. started without rick because he's running really late from work uh he'll be joining us later on to watch the movie and come back and talk about it but for right now the intro is going to be without him uh escape from new york came out in 1981 it currently has an 86 on rotten tomatoes it was written and directed by john carpenter and it stars kurt russell lee van cleef ernest borgnine donald pleasance isaac hayes and many others your your IMDb thing. I rolled a two. You you, you rolled a higher. You lost. <laughs> That's not how we're doing this. That is exactly what we established. Just read it. We establish high. In 1997, when the U.S. president crashes into Manhattan, now a giant maximum security prison, a convicted bank robber is sent to rescue him. I okay. It's been a long time since I've watched this. I imagine the president is flying a plane or something. Did I just describe the president of the United States is a massive prison? Yes. <laughs> that's true. What is like the Sonic copy is a toilet. Like? He's yeah. a prison. <laughs> that's right. Gosh. Um, it's been forever since I've seen this. And I maybe I was just sleepy when I watched it. I have no memories of what I, I know that I've seen yeah. it. For a fact, I know that I've seen this movie and I have no memories. It did not leave <laughs> any impression on me. It's a well-loved movie, so I assume that there's good stuff here, but I've got... And John Carpenter made it, so I mean, it's probably good. I've got nothing. Uh, Have either... Brian, I know this is your pick. I'm sure I saw it on either Sci-Fi or FX, and I thought I remember it being boring as a kid, but I mean, I like John Carpenter stuff, so maybe I'll like it now. Have you seen it? I'm pretty sure I saw it. Just like on one of those movie channels? Yeah. Okay. Caleb, have you seen this movie? I think that I saw Escape from L.A., and the only things I recall are, one, the character's eye patch, mm-hmm. and two, the fact there's some stupid scene where the love interest, like, scratches his hand, and that mm. somehow gives him a poison that is going to kill him, and that's how the bad guy is like, you have to do what I want you to now. Interesting. Okay. Oh, and I know the uh, snake from Metal Gear is based on him. 
Is he really? Yeah, that snake twisting. That's really cool. I I didn't know that bit of trivia. Well, okay. I, at any rate, uh, we're about to go watch it because we've got nothing to say about it. Um, we I don't know anything about this movie. Nope. We talk about Sonic Toilet. Exactly. We <laughs> did talk about Sonic Toilet. And if Rick cut all that stuff like he's prone to do, then uh, you're just out of luck. There's Sonic urinals, too, because now that I've talked about it, after we talked about it before, it's going to be harder for him to cut this and that. Yeah. It's Nick, true. What would be your favorite Sonic character to pee into? Uh, I'm thinking Knuckles because of that nice Cadillac red. I like Knuckles, so I don't really want to pee into him. I want to <laughs> pee into someone I either hate or I think would be funny to pee in. So I think Big the Cat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna a Chow. Is that how you say it? A cow? They're a baby, and yeah, Chow. Okay, not the baby ones. That I'm like, I don't know anything about Sonic lore. If they're actual babies, no, I don't want to piss on a baby. I'm not R. Kelly over they're here. They're pseudo babies. <laughs> but but if that's just like, oh, they're just little like imp creatures, and that's what they are, and they never grow up, they just stay that age forever. Then sure, I'll just wait until one of them's adult aged baby size, and I'll just. It looks soft. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Is it looks soft. I thought it was Ko. Is it, it might? It's spelled C H A O. So. I, and there's the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. So I don't See, know. That's what I thought for the longest time, but at some point I heard them being referred to as Chow. I don't know if it was in the show or what. Maybe? I don't know. No. It, it just feel, It seems like, like looking at them, I would imagine that peeing onto a Chow would be similar to peeing on a giant uh, stuffed Easter peep. Right? Like okay, it's got that yeah. soft consistency to it, just looking at it. Uh, additionally... Uh, <laughs> um, Are we sure we're not watching the Sonic movie tonight? I'm really glad that we're not. Speaking <laughs> of Rick being really pissed because he's got to leave this in the uh, in the episode now, um, he's released a book and he's not here to talk about it. Uh, his book is called Fate's Pawn and it's available on Amazon in paperback and e-reader form. How much peeing do you think is in his book? Uh, I doubt there's any. I doubt there's any peeing. He doesn't seem like the type that would like... He likes show the realism of yeah, people using the bathroom. He likes crass humor, but I don't think he'd write a bunch of shitting and pissing into his book, right? But before everyone went on their big adventure, they all took a bathroom break because that's what people do, and it's not covered in <laughs> games think, or media. Right, Maybe right. someone has a boner in his book. Although, you know, he did say uh, he, he released another new reading material Escape called Escape from, from Persephone. Persephone 4. Was it 4? Yeah, it's 4. Um, it's on uh, Kindle's new app app or something yeah shit if he was here he'd talk about it there's pissing and shitting in that one i yeah. remember because they're in some like super space suit or something and oh, it's a shitty space suit well yeah but he's got like a little air hatch it's got an it. air hatch compartment out the ass and so you like piss and shit into that and it anyway no, check out it... rick's check out rick's uh reading materials available on amazon and probably kindle if we're if we're right or uh i thought I'll... you say he uh re uh recycles the piss and shit Maybe, but he still gets rid of the waste stuff that he's not going to yeah. recycle, right? Uh, additionally, if you like this content and want to hear more of this just quality content, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, by all means, support us on Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash opinionated for as little as a buck a month. You can listen to us talk about all sorts of nonsense. We've got some first impressions, some listener requests, and even some gaming episodes. So definitely go check that out. Again, that's patreon.com slash opinionated. Guys, we're going to be back in just a minute after we're finished watching Escape from New York. Snake. New York, 1997. The entire city is a walled maximum security prison. The bridges are mined. The rivers are patrolled. And the United States police force has everything under control. 
Yeah. No, no. no we, they rolled a d20 to see which of the two of these people who don't like talking had to read the IMDb description <laughs> of their absence. He sounds better than I do. You both have distinct radio quality voices. No, Brian, you have a very unique and distinct voice. That people, I, I'm willing that, to say it's unique. I will people, give you that. That people enjoy listening to on in audio form. You are consistently the favorite anytime someone, like, I ask who their favorite yeah, is. Yeah, but, it's I like mean, you. I can be funny and still have a weird no, voice. No, people don't think you're funny. They think your jokes are shit. They just like oh. your voice. Oh. <laughs> oh. Why do you know? That kind of hurts. <laughs> I'll make sure to let them know. Oh, man. Yeah, let um, us know in the Patreon comments. <laughs> Man, I gotta be honest. This my left I, hand is I, really bad. I feel like I can I live feel like, without this. Yeah, I feel like I I didn't really miss much by not remembering. This I movie. thought this is exactly how I remembered it. I didn't remember it in, in our in our intro, mm-hmm. Rick, because yeah. you weren't here. Uh, I talked about oh, how I'm Rick Fox. I'm an author here in Nashville, and I uh, now nah, you uh, you yeah. missed that, and you I got a big that. old snake tattoo for a penis. Sure, uh, we talked about how like. I know for a fact that I had seen this movie before, but I couldn't remember mm. anything that happened in it. Right. And watching it again, I'm like, man, I can see why. It's <laughs> how I remember Lord of the Rings. Like, just a lot of walking around and talking. There's still fun stuff that happens in Lord of the Rings. Lord this movie's boring as shit. a much better movie. Yeah, but when I think about it, like, if I were to tell someone what happens in that movie, the main thing I remember is... 80% of it's walking around and talking. Well, There's sure. action. Well, sure. But it's 80% is Lord of the Rings is a three-movie hike. You take that back. Right? Like, it's a three-movie. Are there only three Lord of the Rings? There's, How many hours is that? Uh, well, like if 12? it's extended, it is 10 minutes shy of 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, it's not extended, though. It's like nine. Yeah. Like I can cut a log of fag off of those movies. Nah. Sure. There's just, sure. It's, it's all gold. It, there's, a, there's a lot of gold in that. <laughs> I, saw something this, today, they, I saw something today that... that because you, you've heard the classic, like, why didn't they just take the the, the eagles yeah, and yeah. fly it in and dunk it, right? That makes me so mad. I know, I know. It doesn't make me, it makes me a little mad. It, it doesn't me, make me so mad. It makes me It really seems mad. like they had to backpedal with the eagles. I mean, no, the actual <laughs> answer is the eagles would have told them to fuck off. Also, it's a terrible idea because you're giving the ring to incredibly powerful beings. They're not just giant flying birds. birds can't wear rings when they're, they're that big. Their talons the, come down to points. At some point, the ring will stay that's on. That's not the part of the changes, finger. It doesn't count. It changes size. So it could like just does get it, big. it does. I knew it changed. Change. I just figured yeah. it only changed between like humanoid. Sizes. No, the, the the new. Why didn't they just do this instead of walking around? Because the discussion revolved around it was it, someone was saying like my boyfriend had never seen these movies, and so as we were watching them, like he was asking a lot of questions, sure. right? Yeah, and she was having to explain how. The ring corrupts people right, that yeah. it's close to. Yeah. Right. That's why Gandalf couldn't just take it. He was right. worried about being corrupted. And so his solution was why didn't they just get like some of that super strong like string or thread or whatever and then just drag it behind him like a hundred feet yeah. and use Legolas to make sure that it was still hanging on back there. It's not the proximity of it. Also, I'm that's pretty a sure ter- it's the proximity. That's a terrible idea. It's a magic ring that can literally escape from people. Like, Why not just have Legolas like keep shooting it into the air with arrows <laughs> and keep bouncing it off of arrows? I mean, after the scene where he's riding down the staircase on a shield like it's a skateboard, I mean, it's not the most ridiculous thing. I was Why didn't they movie. just mail it to the volcano? Like, just put <laughs> yeah. it in the mail. There, there you go. 
Why? Th- there's your answer. Problem solved. There. Okay. Back to the movie at hand. <laughs> Sorry, I don't why know didn't, how. Why didn't they chop off the limbs of a? What are the bad guys in that orcs? Orcs. Yeah. It's not ogres or anything. Why didn't they chop off their limbs and put it inside him and then drag him along so he can be corrupted by the ring? But it doesn't matter because he can't do anything with it. He'd be invisible, really a, and a at some point he'd just roll do. his torso away. No, they drag him with a rope. Well, yeah, so you would they, see the loop of the rope still full of I invisible. Like, I feel like none of this is a very practical solution and also would not necessarily More get around the rules that the ring actually works well, by. Well, maybe you get yourself a hot dog and you slide the <laughs> ring onto that. So far, so good. And it's good. on the hot dog. You have an invisible hot Why dog that's slowly being corrupted. Why did they just wrap it around, around yeah, Sam's penis and then just carry him the entire way to throw him? Yeah, ring, but ring, we don't Ring we don't wouldn't want... fit. <laughs> I mean, Sam, Sam is probably gigantic. It's a mass... It's, it's a size-shaping ring and it's, it, no, it's can't still wouldn't it. fit. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Escape movie. from New York. <laughs> Back to it. Uh, no, this movie's boring. And I, and I don't understand... Because you were saying that, like, oh, this is the movie that inspired S- Snake from Metal Gear, Solid Snake from Metal Gear, and and like, it's a pretty, like, it's a pretty well known, like, this is that action movie, right? Yeah, maybe and LA's I don't get it. I think that the thing is that this movie suffers from the problem that you know occasionally happens of one movie does something that is very visionary and very unique at the time and then Everyone a lot else of comes people does it better. also come in and do yeah. like take parts of it and do do different things with it and do better things with it um i think that this movie i don't find this movie boring personally but i see why you would it is very slowly paced i like the, the world issue. i just and that's what i don't enjoy, like that's what i enjoy narrative. about it is i i kind of I, I don't come to this expecting a um action movie the way that i normally would that's like not what the, bothers me and continue your thought sure. but but i i just i like the general feel of this movie that sort of yeah. almost post-apocalyptic chaos that's going on within new york city the idea of new york city just as an entire prison colony yeah. with just self-contained of, apocalypse is yeah it just sounds like a fun idea for a movie and i like the idea that it's going for but i will admit fully that this movie I don't think executes on it to the degree that it could have, or yeah. or that a movie now definitely could have. Could. Well, and 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 I agree. I like the I like the concept for the setting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, should we talk about the setting some more? Because the, the, for some reason they take the city of Manhattan, no, the <laughs> island, the entire the island, island the entire of island. Manhattan, yep, which is a rather important focal point of Western civilization, <laughs> and they decide we're going to make this into. A prison and abandon it <laughs> utterly. We're gonna pull the power plug for the entire. Well, they city. still got power, just not Some as places. much. They've got generators. They say, they say, man, here in 1988, uh, crime has ridden 400 percent. What should we do to address the issue of rising crime? Fuck it, we'll just let them do what they want in there. Just we're just gonna wall off Manhattan. And we're going to throw all the prisoners there and just no rules. Well, like, you do what you want. The only rule is if you try and escape, we'll kill you. Look, that's I, it. I'm fully willing, 100% to say that is an incredibly stupid idea <laughs> that no one would ever work for, for for literally thousands of reasons. Well, what if crime but rose? Also, Go ahead. It's an awesome idea, and I am fully willing to get on board with awesome ideas for the sake of a movie, even if they yes, are incredibly it's, stupid. It, it's, it's a fun concept for like like we were saying like man it sure would be fun to play like a fallout game that took out took place in this setting right like, yeah obviously it's a like batshit stupid open, idea open but, world game set in prison island new york that sounds amazing it sounds fun i don't have an issue with the setting the issue that i have is that 
none of the characters like give me any reason to care about them. No. And also none of them do anything. Like Snake Plissken. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell is playing Snake Plissken. He's apparently a badass ex like Green Beret, so you know, Black Ops something. agent or whatever. He's some Everyone kind of, has heard of him. He's we don't know exactly inc- why. Incredibly famous something, maybe mercenary. They should maybe be something. dead. But he's a badass that right. everyone like, treats as though they, like, why are you still alive? You clearly died in this thing that and, we don't ever clarify about. And I'm trying to think of what he does in the movie that's badass. Because <laughs> he, he wins a, a fight with a giant guy when he's got a bum leg. That's pretty badass. Yeah. That's mediocre badass at best. <laughs> that's not that's not like really cool. He's talking in this he's talking in this in this traditional badass voice. Like, it's like he's trying to be Clint Eastwood without actually doing any of the bad, badass <laughs> stuff that Clint Eastwood would do in his movies. I mean uh, most of what Clint Eastwood does in his movies is talk like this and look at you angry. He'll shoot someone. Yeah, but the shooting someone works, and also, <laughs> and also, the one-liners that he has are way better. Because Snake Plissken's one-liners are like, oh, "All right, Plissken, you come here." Hey, my name is Snake. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, "All right, Snake, what do you think about you and me teaming up?" Hey, my name is Plissken. You call me Plissken. You I don't deserve Plissken. Snake. I kind and of I was like okay. <laughs> I what? Kind of... What a badass! I appreciate my, the petty. Actually, actually. <laughs> My pronouns are they, them. <laughs> I really appreciate the pettiness of early in the movie. He's like, call me Snake. And then late in the movie, it's like, no, call me Plissken. <laughs> it's just, not badass. Well, he thought they were going to be I'm friends at first. I'm not saying it's badass. I specifically said petty. <laughs> and it's just funny to me. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it's distinctly not badass. But it is funny to me that he's just being a dick about it. The... He doesn't because throughout the movie, even in the majority of fights that he's getting into, he's he spends a lot of the movie running away from folks. Sure. Which well, common sense wise yeah. common sense wise, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, we're thinking like, oh, he's gonna be this badass action guy. Because and not because this has to be an action movie, yeah. but because in the movie everyone is talking about, oh, he he's this like ex black ops dude, and like they're in movie they're building him up to be like this legendary like ex soldier spy something, he's super war decorated, and man, I thought I thought he was dead, and and that's the kind of guy that you expect to like be doing some things besides he threw that ninja star really running good. away and taking an arrow to the knee. I mean, well, he did, again, he did on. kill a guy. We might be expecting him to come in here with some of the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I don't know. Invincible mojo. badass. Yeah. Whereas he's here, he has a very limited time amount of time in order to get in and out. And a and gun. He's trying to be a little more subtle about it. I do appreciate that, honestly. Like, I am glad that he's not coming in here being a unstoppable badass in every scene. I like that he is very stoppable as a person. Like, he does have this reputation as being extremely skilled, which maybe the movie could do more to to bear that out and to explain, like, what about this guy is so badass. But I appreciate that he is not at all invincible and i get the impression that he is trying he is consistently trying to do things the the smart way which is usually to run away from a conflict yeah. you can't well, win except for when he was fighting the crazies earlier and he's just like using his modified uzi and spraying bullets <laughs> left right and center <laughs> to the point like he uses his assault rifle to get through a wall that was he just really shoots dumb. a hole 
not a hole. He shoots a circle into the an wall and then like tackles yeah. into it. In in a movie like some kind of a Scooby Doo scene. <laughs> in a movie where like ammo was not a major concern, that no, would be yeah, he never reloads that. Although weapon. to be fair, that weapon never ran out of ammo. Yeah. So like no maybe, no weapon did. The, right. the only thing that was limited was number of weapons. No, he, the only thing that was limited was the ability to shoot a weapon without a scope. Because every <laughs> single kind of gun in this show or movie had a scope. His, the Duke shotgun. Not the crossbow. You know what I want? That's uh, Because you just Brian, said show. How, I want an HBO Escape from New York that's like 10 episodes long. That's, it's like that's, the gritty, like modern. Right, yeah. That can be like, like super gross and, and disgusting yeah. and monstrous. Yeah, that'd be Who amazing. Who would play Snake Blitzkin in the remake? Ooh. I think he would still be Snake, but there'd be a new young Snake to take over. And it, would be, yeah. it would be like hot... NCIS reject McBuff man, <laughs> and you wouldn't have any idea who he is, and you'd be like, "Wait, did you? I want. Did you play in Smallville? I can't remember. I thought you I were dead." Chris Pratt as Snake. I Liskin. don't. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. No. <laughs> yes. I mean, Kurt Russell is such a pretty figure that is so poorly suited to this role. <laughs> kind of like we were saying earlier with Clint Eastwood, we have to stay in the lane somewhat. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, uh, you know, you know a what? Pretty boy trying but to be a bad. We, we've been watching Deadwood recently, and so like because of that, I feel like the attitude of Snake Plissken could be matched by Tim, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, I'd watch that. I watch the shit out of I that. Timothy Oliphant is Snake Plissken in Escape for New York. He's, in the whole he's HBO series? the sheriff yes. in Deadwood. Oh, okay. The the right. yeah. Okay, yeah. Especially could, that he's a few years older now. Mm-hmm. He's a few years older, and he he does a really good gruff and and pissy. <laughs> yeah, like. Like cranky action man pissy, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Shout out I, to my buddy Neo. He that that guy was amazing in Justified. Like he really Neo wasn't Justified. Damn, no, his favorite show was Justified. <laughs> he talks about it all the time. And Timothy Oliphant is the main character in that. I he wishes he was in Justified. Oh man. Um. Okay, well, and it's not just Nick Pliskin either because we've got some characters that the movie and the characters in the movie build up to be like, Ooh, it's this gonna, it's going to be this larger than life character. Like right? a yeah. mini David the Bowie. Duke, right. They right. talk about the Duke and how awesome he is. And when, when they say like, Oh, he's the, he's a Duke of New York. He's, mm-hmm. he's a number one. He's the guy that runs this town. Yeah. I expect someone that is more than just like Rufio leading the lost boys. Right. Yeah. Cause that's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Cause right. he's got a, but, and I understand that it's, you know, at least in this city, right? This prison is post-apocalyptic, even right. though the rest of the world probably isn't. Right. But and so they're, shortly they're gonna, pre-apocalyptic. Right. They're gonna have like limited stuff to work with, but you still expect like, oh, he's the ruler of this New York. He he's probably got like collected the finer things, and right. you see yeah. that a little bit in his car, which has like chandeliers and a disco ball. <laughs> but the rest of it is just like. This is one of those things that I think that other people have taken the idea of and done better. Like yeah. this guy in it, there, there are certainly characters in Fallout that feel like who this guy is supposedly going to be, and they've got like the shitty fancy shit yeah, that you right. would have in post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. like New York. Like and for some reason, they've gone around New York and just collected all of the pianos and exactly. like yeah. he's just got them throughout his mansion, which is an old public office or something. Yeah, yeah. but I feel like if you're gonna have a character like that, and this is what this movie is missing is that you need to have it uh, offset by this character being an absolute villainous freak. Mm -hmm. Which he, in this one, like, sure, he does some shitty stuff. Like, he kills some people. He's like, oh, Snake, you're going to have to fight to the death in my boxing ring. Right. But on the whole, like, his motivation in this movie is, I am for the freedom of the people. We've been incarcerated here unfairly, and I will break us out. Right? And it's, 
it's not really the villainous villain that you need him to be. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, far you, from it. You want this guy to be like, okay, so the Penguin in most Batman stuff is like the lamest villain ever, right? Mm-hmm. But when they did him in Arkham uh, Arkham Knight, I think it was, the, the video game, like the third okay. Batman uh, video game, that guy, he seemed like a complete monster because anytime anyone talked about him, they were terrified of him. And when you finally saw him, he was doing the most awful shit imaginable. Like, yeah. They really managed Some bird to sell shit? that. Yeah, exactly. Bird shit. <laughs> that's the um, worst. Uh, but ugh, that's the worst kind. <laughs> they they really did a good job of selling his reputation, and that's and when he came on screen, he he really like leaned into that. Uh-huh. This guy, is just a guy, right. and yeah. like, like, why are we so yeah. afraid of crossing him if he's our freedom fighter? Right. Exactly. Right. And and so I think that this movie again, it's one of those things that other people have done better. This guy's you know monstrousness, or at least his reputation for being this you know he's the guy in charge here, is very much just informed in the movie. Uh, he he doesn't feel like he has all that much character to him, and well, I he, wish he's that he got, did. He, it's clear that he's got like the power. People sure. people immediately yeah. jump he when he a, says jump. He right? has he has a like you know army of dudes willing to do whatever he says. Right, and then when when Snake eventually meets up with like the li- local librarian mm-hmm. Brain, <laughs> right? Uh, Brain, his old pal, his old pal <laughs> slash enemy <laughs> slash. You would think knows. that at least yeah. one other person would want to hang out in the library, but nope, it's just this guy. It's I Brain don't read. and, and <laughs> what's her name? Julia, she's the eye candy Maggie. of the Maggie. Yeah. yeah, it's Brain and Tits McGee. And <laughs> I mean, it is. They're hang, hanging out in the library, and when Snake's like, "You're gonna take me to, you're gonna take me to the president, so I can rescue him." Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, the Duke will be on my ass about it. He'll kill me." And then Snake's like, "You better." And Brain's like, oh, "Okay." No, he says he'll get them out of there if he does. Right. Right. Yeah. And but it is. It, he's not as convincing as he could be. The whole time I'm thinking Snake is going to betray him because he betrayed him initially. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm thinking the same thing. He's like, it's begging for some double crossing. Mm-hmm. Th- this movie could use some more double crossing, to be honest. Like, yeah. Way too many pl- people play everything straight. Like even the bad guy is giving uh, is giving uh, Kurt Russell's character. A a like he's got a bat when the other guy's got a, a bat. He's, yeah, a he's got a shield and he's also yeah, got a. They take bat away his the bat. Does. They're like, oh, his fu- they're fucking him over. They give him a bagger bat and a shield. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and they're 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 putting him up only against one guy when they could have like three dudes in there. Right. Well, they, we didn't get to the next round after that. There That's might fair. Be Maybe a he was intending guy. to do like more and more until he just finally succumbs. Yeah. Well, and and they do like you said they do a good job of setting up the the world that this is taking place in uh, you know the character the characters don't feel as as powerful or as deep as they need to be but i think one of the issues is that they spend too much time setting up there are yeah. way too many just like meandering shots and it takes- and i'm personally i i enjoy movies with that a lot yeah. of the time like I like when the movie gives you like slows down and gives you time to really soak in and absorb yeah. what's on screen, and it's not just immediately yeah. cut to the next one liner or next action shot, right? Yeah. But the hills don't justify the valleys in this situation. It doesn't, and also there's parts of it that don't like that you that I can explain away after the fact as just being part of the world building. But in movie, when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, there's setup. Let me wait for the payoff. Like the crazies. Yeah. The crazies yeah. are a, a like subterranean. They live in the tunnels underground, and they're just this group of like they come out. They're every not month mutants, from but they're like they just, they're, oh, come out every they're month. cannibals. They're the, yeah, right. they're the crazy people that live in New York now that they were all the crazy people are exiled to New York. Exactly. And early on in the movie, once he's been dropped into New York, they come out and he's got a. They come out of the sewers and they're scoundrel, you know, scampering around looking for food. Sure. He has to hide in in 
a, a chock full of nuts. Chock full of nuts. Called chock full of nuts to hide away from him. And oh, I get it. Because they, all the crazy girl. people went in there. Mm-hmm. I get and then, it. And then he meets a like the only other girl in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> goblin. And she's like, I'll make out with you if you save me. And then she gets eaten by the crazies. Immediately. Presumably. Just yeah. falls through the floor. And so I'm expecting there to be something that involves the crazies later on in the movie. Sure. Maybe he finally beats the Duke and he's trying to escape and they're like the final obstacle. Or maybe they turns like, out the Duke is like feeding them and keeping them like under his control. And that's well, gonna, what, you, what they could have done is that with the way that the climax pays off where the Duke gets separated from his people, mm-hmm. they don't really explain why he goes off on his own like that. Right. It could have been that his army of goons gets waylaid by the crazies. Well, yeah, that would be interesting. And the Duke pulls away by himself just because he can't let him get away. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. There, there's all sorts of things you could do with it, but they just disappear from the movie. They mm-hmm. don't matter anymore. They don't come up again. Nothing happens with them. Yeah. And so after the fact, I'm like, oh, okay, it was just there, like, helping f- flush, flesh out more of the world that, that's happening within these walls. Right. And, but it's still just a lot of time devoted to us seeing them scamper around, and it's because it does the slow buildup, right? A single crazy is walking down the street, and he's taking a big wrench, and he's like slamming it against the manhole covers three times, right. and then he moves on to the next manhole cover and slams it against that one three times, and he goes down the street. Yeah. And slowly we see the manhole covers rise as people start pouring out of them, and Snake Plissken has to run for his life. Mm-hmm. And so they slowly built it up, and they're giving us this anticipation for something to happen, and then right. they're just like, and then he just escapes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, wasn't that a neat part of this world that exists? And I'm like, man, I guess. It, it kind <laughs> of feels like it didn't need 20 minutes, though. Right. It's a really creative idea, but the pacing is slow enough that it leaves me scratching my head afterwards. And since I don't understand why that happened, I'm confused and a little bit bored. Right. Sure. And, yeah. and Nothing matters. And it's not all 20-minute segments. There's a lot of things like this that happen that are, sure. sh- that are shorter, like only a couple minutes. Yeah. But there's a lot of those those type of things where it's just way too slow mm-hmm. or something that you expect to see again later that doesn't happen. Yeah, like some kind of payoff. Safari of this weird post-apocalyptic New York. Right. The other thing in that vein of like this, the the pacing being an issue is the opening. I think that the opening is probably the worst part of this movie because when you talk about you, the opening, are you talking about everything? Hey, until- we, we've lost the president and he's down, or is it the like, hey, we're gonna have like the slow like text on screen explaining the setting of the world not the text on screen but i mean like everything once the movie is actually started which is after the text until snake is landing on the world trade center i think all of that could be cut down to like five effective really strong minutes and you'd be good because like with the rest of the movie as it is Mm -hmm. i agree but if they'd done more with snake let him be more badass or or even more cunning or he, something like that. He needs to make more in- choices. That's the issue. Then the intro at the beginning is fine because there's parts of it that I like. And after the fact, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. Like yeah. all the stuff they did at the beginning with yeah. him. But it, if he hadn't ended up being cheesy, then I think it would have been neat having him like slowly sit, you know, they bring him in like half shredded yeah. in a shadow and he comes in and like, just takes a cigarette off the guy's desk and all that right. kind of like thing. that stuff. I, that's part of the stuff. The five minutes I would keep, but like you don't need to see any of the president going down. No, yeah. like you don't. There's so many things of this that you could just cut and it's fine. You don't need that explanation of it. You just like have him sit down, have him say, "All right, I got a job for you. Are you bad enough to save the president?" <laughs> and then he says, 
Yeah. I guess. Whatever. No, I don't and care. <laughs> I'm Snake Piskin and I'm indifferent. Let Fuck me your think president. about it. Right. They do that scene. They just jump immediately to him getting the shot in the neck that explains like why he's willing to do this and not just mm-hmm. fly away. And then he just flies in. Just do that. Everything that is not specifically that, just cut out. And I think it's a much stronger opening because it's quicker. It, it gets you more into what you're there to see. It's not this like, all right, we're going to have Snake just be badass and stand around and not do much. For like 20 minutes. But you can't you make a similar argument for the entire film that it could be compressed pretty effectively? Yeah. I think so. Like I think if probably you, 40 minutes. If you cut this movie down to like a strong hour, 45 minutes like that, I think that would be a, a really much more effective movie in terms of the pacing that we expect nowadays. Yeah. The I, issue is that then it's not like standard movie length. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, you, there there's definitely enough. Like this movie's like, what, two hours and 20 minutes? Something it, like that? Yeah, it's an it's an hour, 40 minutes Get long. this down to a tight 90 minutes, and I think it would be really strong. I think, though, that the biggest issue and what makes Snake as uh, not as effective as he could be is that he doesn't make many decisions in this yeah. movie. Yeah, he's not really a character almost everything that he does is he he's put in a situation he is given one one real chance to do anything and he has to go in that direction he can't like get around a situation in an interesting way like when the girl shows up and you know he has the opportunity to be like do it does he take her along does he push her away as soon as she starts trying to make out with him she gets eaten yeah and there's so many like or he's running away from the crazies what is he gonna do oh Luckily, Cabby's there. I guess he's just going to drive away with yeah. him. Cabby happens to know where Brain is. All right, I guess we're going to Brain. Brain knows where the bad guys are. I guess we're going to them. Like, there's just, there's never. And also where the president is. Exactly. Yeah. There's but just that's the ne- strategy they used to build his team since he didn't have one coming in. Right. Which the team could be interesting if it is really him, like, doing th- clever or interesting things to, like, make them be on his team. But instead, it's just sort of like, all right, the movie's happening. We'll go along with that. It's he, snake. He, kind of, he almost stumbles across the information he needs and then yeah. blackmails them into helping him with gun. Well, some of them want to help them just because they know who he is and he's famous. Sure. Right. It, it would be much more interesting if his reputation sometimes worked against him or if he was having to actually like find a way to blackmail him of like, oh, you know, Brain, like, you've got this girl that's hanging out with you that really likes you. I bet she doesn't know about that thing you did back in the war. <gasps> no, you better not tell me. Tell her. Exactly. Things like that. You could do, there's a lot of choices you could have him make that could make him a more active protagonist instead of yeah. just reactive the entire time. Things just happen to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also, like, you could be more effective at making him more of a threat mm-hmm. because I'm, I don't need him to be invincible. Sure. But I also need him to... Back up the reputation. He back has. up the reputation that yeah. he has, and yeah. like if uh, if the Duke, because at one point the Duke, fun, you know, comes with his posse and they capture him, and he's got him up against the wall and he's like, "I know who you are. I thought you were dead, mm-hmm. right?" And then he knocks him out and takes him to the ring to fight the big dude, right? right? Yeah. Let him be. Let it be more of a like, "I know who you are, and I'm going to kill you right now." And the fact that Brain is like, "No." Have brain save him. Have brain, have have brain to do save him the yeah. way that he's trying to, which is by saying, no, the government knows he's here and he's key in like actually getting us what we want from the government. Right. right? And in the way that, that, uh, that Duke can, responds to that can tell us a lot about him. Like, is he interested in that or is he more like, oh, I can make more of a show out of this because the government is interested in him? Like, where, how is he getting empowered by this? Because I think, I feel like the Duke wanting to get off the island in the way that he is seeming to want to is a bad move because obviously it's never going to work. The entire army is essentially on the other side of that wall. Even if he gets past the, gets to the wall, he's not getting out. It's, it's just not on the table. Right. 
this bridge full of mines is not the road to Mecca. Right. And and maybe he this movie I think would be more interesting if he was more interested in just no, this is where I live now. I'm going to to take all of the resources that exist within this prison and take them for myself. Yeah. It doesn't matter that, you know, I could get out maybe Cause, that cause I, that's what would happen, that. right? Yeah. The, you know, the criminal underlord rises to power and becomes the king of the prison. Exactly. Like, Especially in one where there are no rules. It's it's got to be real tough for <laughs> for him to be like, I'm a man of the people. Get everyone out of here. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I, uh, my p- power sucks. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe that's why he wanted to leave with all his people, so his power would come with him. Like he would have Maybe. his community like, around he, him. Kind he thinks of thing. that he's gonna go up against the U.S. military as soon as he gets out with his like tiny army of not at all equipped people. No, no he'll I, just build a new society right outside of New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think honestly, I think it's just that the movie has a very strong anti-establishment oh movie. yeah i mean and it's john Lee, carpenter in the 80s that's and, that's his whole vibe and it does not work with the character that he's, he's created and no. john carpenter just didn't care he's no. like yeah. like there's no way that the duke would be like this but but nope he's a man of the people and he just wants to get everyone to to yeah. safety just, in the outside <laughs> world and to and justice because they're here imprisoned wrongly right? and you yeah. could do something really interesting with that if he was willing to just do absolutely heinous shit to do to get to accomplish that he could goal. still be the villain yeah exactly like, was that an anti-villain right that's that's well i mean well basically but, he's but, just a hero that happens to be against the the good guy so like the, sort of an anti-villain the but issue not really. the issue there is that it it deflates the message that john carpenter would want right by then painting the counter you know the the countercultural revo- revolutionaries right. as the actual villain. Like, right. Oh, look, <laughs> pe- the anti-establishment people are actually the baby murderers. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times the anti-establishment people are giant assholes. So right, that but would if work. You're, but, but if you're making a pro-anti-establishment movie, you you're not going to paint yeah. them as the baby murderers. That's fair. That's fair. I think a way that they could have made the Duke's character more interesting would have been using the, uh, the prison story trope of contraband. Mm. If somehow he had deals with people who are on the outside oh, who are giving them call. guns, he's, materials. He's sort of the shadow government within mm. the go- there. He's getting actual supplies from, from the government and they let him because that way that the, it keeps things at least kind of in order. They're, the people are too busy trying to take down the Duke to like actually try to escape. That could be really interesting. You could do a lot of fun stuff with that. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Well, and something like that would shine a light of the reason that the system is so bad is because of corruption Mm -hmm. that allows for things like this to happen. And you could use that in a narrative where the Duke is (laughs) either this kingpin who's just trying to hoard power Mm -hmm. inside uh, Gamora. Man. Or you could have that where he's trying to prep for his revolution where they uh, have their exodus from New York, but they aren't just going to get mowed down the moment they step out the door. No, they just straight up have like interprison, like, lobbyists lobbying for different prison interests yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just a straight one-to-one metaphor <laughs> it would be interesting if they had some kind of a negotiation at some Man, point what if you had them just like have what if they have a tv show going in here like they just have hidden cameras all throughout the the prison and it's just like the the grossest escape from new york but also it's the truman show exactly right? like it's it's the grossest reality tv show you can imagine because it's just a bunch of people who don't care that they're on tv because they're stuck in this prison for life now it's a social experiment dude yeah Oh, man. It's just a prank, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you something else that didn't work for me that should have. Uh, The time limit that Pliskin's got. Because early on the movie, before they drop him into the prison, 
they take him down to the lab and yeah. they're like, all right, you got to get your vaccine because prison viruses. And so they give him a double shot to the neck. And it turns out that, oh, he wasn't getting his neck vaccine. He, he was, was getting actually a neck getting bomb. explosives planted into his neck. And if he's not back in the time frame that they need the president back, that uh, he, his head will blow up or something. Yeah. And this is something that I've seen used before sure. in other yeah. areas, right? Yeah. In other like movies. 24 did a lot of interesting stuff with that. Sure. The reason it doesn't work for me here is because although they... They frequently show us the watch that he's got that you know is sh- slowly ticking down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time doesn't seem consistent. Yeah, here. Well, that's he gets knocked out by a crowbar for a good sixteen hours and, there in the middle, and that's a huge problem because yeah. for a huge chunk of the movie, time's ticking down, but it's barely ticking down. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then a event happens, and it's like, oh, I guess the movie's ending because there's almost no time left. Yeah. And so instead of giving you this sense of progression as he is making his way through New York, it really feels like, all right, uh, let's let's check on that watch again. Oh, okay, we got plenty of time. Oh, we don't have any time anymore, uh, so we're things, are gonna, things are going to move because obviously they have to. Right. Additionally, when he starts off, he's got, you know, they say you've got 24 hours but then he looks at his watch, and they've actually only given him 22. Right. But still, he starts with 22 hours, right? Sure. It's almost a full day. And he starts off at night. And mm-hmm. he flies in. It's pitch black, middle of night. And he lands. And it's slowly ticking down. And then at one point, it's like early morning, maybe the middle of the day. And he looks at his watch again, and he's got two hours left. Which right. Shouldn't make sense. There should be slow progression where it ticks mm-hmm. down, yeah. and through in the middle of the movie it's daytime, and then at the end it's night again, and the suspense is ramping up because the climax of the movie. And is he going to get the president out? And is he right. going to do it in time? That doesn't happen. He's got two hours left, and it's the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And then from because the boxing match happens, and I say boxing match because it's a fight in a boxing ring, right? right. Mm-hmm. The, the fight the in the boxing baseball ring, bat death match, yeah, right? With bone saw happens during the day. <laughs> And then the and then, uh, brain and I mean, it's not it's sort of during. I don't I don't feel during, like it's actually during the day. I feel like it's just cut weird. It's it's very well lit if it's not because it's they're inside. The boxing Gorgeous. match happens inside. They're inside of like the the train station or something. Well, while Josh is looking that up, one of the things that occurs to me is that they're creating the sense of urgency from the plot vehicle of the watch. Mm-hmm. If he had revisited that uh, intermittently okay. in order to make almost encourage a sense of panic in himself, like sure. I've got to make this happen quickly, yeah. right? And that's where the pacing of the film, being so lackadaisical, mm-hmm. com- it fights against that, yeah. mm-hmm. and it it doesn't really, ch- it's not consistent. It doesn't check out, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I went and looked up pictures of the fight because mm-hmm. I was curious. Yes, there are lights lit in the fight scene, but throughout the entire fight, you can see windows all around the train station or wherever they're at mm-hmm. that are fully lit from the outside. There is still clearly daylight. bigger torches. No, from the is, outside. Nope, it is not bigger torches. I, I was not paying attention to the windows, so that's fair. It bugged me that there's two hours left and there's still daylight. Yeah. And then over the course of like, oh, he runs out of the ring and then meets up with Brain and Brain's girlfriend and the president. And then they get they meet up with Cabby and start driving away. And and then it's pitch black. And now it's pitch black again. Yeah. And he still has like an hour and it takes him an hour to drive over the bridge. (laughs) And the bridge, the the bridge is something that has been discussed throughout the movie because it's supposed to be just 
lined with mines all up and down the bridge. Right, mm-hmm. right. You've got to have this very specific pattern to be able to drive over it safely and get out without getting hurt. But given the number of trucks and cars that are on this, I think a lot of people have tried this. <laughs> they and just they blew just up gotten... all the mines there and they basically, haven't refreshed you it. Would yeah, think. basically. Also, these are landmines. They're not exactly invisible. They're right. just sitting yeah. there in the middle of the asphalt. I guess. I think all their guns have scopes them. on them. They could see them. Right. No, use no, the guns no. And use They're the not scope. allowed to use the scopes. They have to hold them as far away from their body as possible when firing. Don't you know? That's true. I mean, to be fair, in most of the situation, like if you have a scope on the kind of gun they have, you're going to need to like set that on something and like really pay attention to what you're doing to use it effectively. Yes, Rick. I agree that it's dumb. <laughs> exactly. It also just doesn't make sense that they haven't had any kind of a plan to address this. It's just we don't know where the mines are. We no, can't cross the bridge. No, they do know the where bridge. the mines are. Well, yeah, what I'm saying is brain knows where the mines are right is that people before now haven't known where they are and they just decided like well i guess we can't cross the bridge yeah like take a tire off a car and just roll, roll it, it down yeah let right. that motherfucker blow up until you get through them all although to your point like it looks there's a lot of wrecked cars on this oh, bridge yeah. it looks like maybe some people are just tried to drive down it and blew up in the process and then the cops coming. Really Our folks fill the mines. All riding in Cabby's car, mm-hmm. and Cab, Cab. I know we mentioned him. Cabby's just like a jolly old cab driver. Yeah. That the I comedy don't know relief. Why he's maybe. in prison here? He just he got arrested for driving too much cab. I I really like the way that he's introduced though, with like the the cabaret of the the dudes cross-dressing yeah. Oh, yeah. As, as ladies. Singing and, about and, how they're stuck in prison. Exactly. And everyone is there just like has these like grim, dour faces on. Except <laughs> yeah. him. He is having the time of his life He'd normally show. never be out of this hour with the crazies, but he's not going to miss this show. Nope. Yeah. He loves I, being a cab I, driver in prison. I he's been know, cabin for 30 years. 30 I want to know how they advertise their little prison cabaret thing going on. Like, how does that work inside this prison? I'm they sure they print hire some legal prison paper right. boys. <laughs> word, word of mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is that how it goes? Like, just what uh-huh. is what's the situation here? There's there's so many questions like that that I actually want in answered, which is why I want that video game or the that prison HBO series yeah. that we've talked about. Like, there's there's so many ideas that like you can look into this and see. Oh, that would be so cool. Or oh, you could think about this so many ways. The movie just doesn't execute on them very well. Yeah. Right. But Cabby's a jolly old friend yeah. that Snake meets up. He's not a prior friend, but Cabby kind of forces himself to be friend. To, like Snake Plissken to be <laughs> friends with him. He's like that guy that's kind of annoying, but you allow into your friend group because you just can't get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the movie, he's there when they need him. He, he's got the cab and they're going to mm-hmm. drive away to freedom. And Brain is in the back with his little map of where the mines are. Mm-hmm. And this is where they try to make left. their escape. Yeah. And, and this is what you were talking about where the Duke, because they're all, they're all chasing after him because, you know, he's like, oh, they got the president. Right. Like, get them, boys. But then... None of the other, none of Duke's crew I does if they anything. Were, I wonder if they were intended to like blow up a whole bunch of them going after them along the bridge and they just like didn't have the budget to actually pull it off <laughs> yeah, out there. But Duke chases after them solo in his chandelier Chevy. Right. And, and then they're yeah. on the bridge and this is where you would think Brain would be like, okay, now drive left, drive right, stay straight. Which he tries to do. Like a rally driver or something mm-hmm. like and that. And Snake's like, there's no time. There's no time. I'm just going to floor it in a straight line. You're going to eyeball and he lifts up his eye patch. <laughs> yeah. Basically only dodging the cars on the road. Right. He just He hits the it. mines and the mines are just fine. Almost um, all of them, except for the one Katana one. Like, well, the, the before that happens, they're blowing up the left and right of the vehicle. Right. And they're just kind of like, oof. Yeah, uh. it's not shaking the car at all. They're just kind of jerking a little yeah, to the left Yeah, they just kind of cringe to the left and right. 
until the katana mine, like <laughs> a horse cutter just like cuts the vehicle in half horizontally perfectly. Because it's just an explosion, but it's an explosion that perfectly bisects the car. Right. That's why The backside the other... of the car starts going backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's why none of the other mines worked. They were they were past the bisection part of the, of the mine. And, they didn't get hit by it. And Snake Plissken is just tough enough to survive. Mm-hmm. Cabby's not. Cabby dies. Cabby dead as shit. I, yeah. I don't know how. Because clearly all the force of the explosion yeah. went to just cutting the car perfectly in half. The cab was his um, his uh, his Horcrux. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> when it was the cab died, he, he died, died oh, with the, it. That last little piece of pre of, of the real New York died. Uh-huh. And, and the cabby died with it. In this moment, I'm wondering, okay, based on what happens two minutes from now, why didn't Brain die right here? He should because <laughs> tell us how Brain actually dies. So they crawl out of the two halves the two pieces of wreckage and the people still alive are snake plissken the president brain and brain's girlfriend right and it's kind of like well i guess we're gonna have to leg it on foot rest in peace cabbie and then they take about five steps and brain just gets yeeted by a landmine <laughs> immediately like you the one guy you would expect it to not have that happen to it's just exactly like, nope, boom yeah. dead and then I guess his girlfriend is just... Actually so, cares about him because she's know, like, I'm going to take the gun. Which is a little weird because earlier in the movie, it, it is established that she's only with Brain because the she Duke was a her. gift from the Duke. Right. To yeah, like but Brain is Brain a good happy. But, I guess. But, the you know, yeah, Brain and, Brain and her... Yeah, a they, Stockholm they Syndrome never yeah, hurt but, anybody. A little bit. And then they, you know, maybe they, they, maybe they forged a strong relationship they together. It, they he touched her arm. belly at one time that was either a warning to stay back or she was pregnant. Maybe. I don't know which one. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't she was know, pregnant. She didn't worry about that much when she decided <laughs> to, like, stare down a she, car and shoot she's at She's not it. going to worry about Brain's baby without and Brain. She <laughs> goes from being this dead eye... Just taking these three guys yeah. out, yeah. Just like from the hip, knocking them out, and then the Duke's car is just coming down more or less a straight line. Mm-hmm. She was and she is just unloading in his general direction, and she gets like one shot through the windshield. Of course, doesn't <laughs> does hit nothing. him. Yeah. She, she didn't want. She didn't actually want to kill the Duke. She just wanted to suicide by Duke. Yeah, there it is. Sure. Although I feel like they and had she dies in a bad way. There's blood everywhere. It was like there was so much blood. It's like they had extra blood left over from all the other deaths that it was so dark that they didn't bother to use. They're just yeah. like, let's just pour it all on her. <laughs> mm, you know what'll make Tits McGee look even better? Nice shiny blood all over her Tits <laughs> McGee's. Oh gosh. This movie does do a lot to show off her boobs. Like it's 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 working them. It really is. Uh, and then, so the Duke flattens Tits McGee, and he's like, ah, Snake Plissken, I'm mad at you. Come here, you. Give me the president back. And Snake right. Plissken's like, no, I don't want to. And so they run up to the wall, and at this point, the guards are like, oh, here's the president. We're gonna... Which, that's what they would do. Which, the guards they would should. Like, yeah. Yeah. They Nat- should. Naturally, they... they tell all the helicopters, like, everybody stay grounded. We got to play this tight. <laughs> We, yeah. we we can only help Snake with a rope. There's no other assistance <laughs> right. we can offer. We've got right. two guys there. They can't have just like snipers covering that wall, getting ready to shoot anyone that's <laughs> messing with the president. They're, the, look out, boys. The enemy is armed with bats with some nails in them. We shouldn't fly our choppers too close. I mean, they had bow and arrow. And, and they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had some bows and arrows. <laughs> and, and Duke had a gun. You know, he, he shot some of the guards on top of the wall. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And if then only just you like... could put guns on helicopters. Right. Mm-hmm. If only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rocket knows. launchers, no, even. Everyone... They literally had rocket yeah. launchers that they on, just the used on helicopters nobody, but not for the, the movie. No, the, the, the bridge is too, like, it's too, uh, it's too flimsy. If too they shot exploding. at it, they might, yeah, they, might, they might destroy the bridge and kill the president. The police on the bridge, or on the wall, pull up the president, 
And then they lower it down to Snake, and he looks at his wristwatch, and he's like, oh, no, I've only got like 30 seconds. A minute seconds and a half. Oh, it's, it's a minute and a half, sure. and then five minutes go by. Yeah, five minutes then, of him fighting Duke. Yeah, but it's not like a good fight. They like no. he, he jumps at him from the shadows, and they ra- they wrestle a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'll punch. And then Snake's like, all right, bye. And he like <laughs> runs. He, he hasn't killed the Duke yet. He just runs off to the wall. He's like, quick, get me out of here. Yeah. And, and the then, president just guns the, the Duke no, no, down the, like the president pulls, starts pulling starts pulling Pliskin up with the winch and then just stops it halfway and so Snake's just hanging there by his <laughs> arm and then Duke stands up and he's about to try and shoot Pliskin again and the president just unloads you're the duke of new york hey number one and just (laughs) yeah no i i do kind of appreciate the the president just being like nobody makes me bleed my own blood yeah Uh it really is and i like it it it, it's the one person that i think really sells their character in this movie is the president because he is the exact kind of like cowardly shit that 80s john carpenter would imagine the president to be true but also like he d- he also didn't really do even in the scenes where he was like captured and was forced to do things like he was a little scared but I wouldn't say oh, that yeah. he was he like was an the power wimp. performance of the yeah. movie. If this movie was made today and given an R rating, they would do some heinous shit sure. to the president. You'd see them cut off the president's finger. Yeah, exactly. Else. And also, if you're going to try to make the president into a a lesser character because that's John Carpenter's agenda. You could have done a lot more in that direction. Oh, sure. For, but absolutely. the president's just kind of a wimp. And they yeah. just had him, like, not really be interested in those prisoners who died. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie... Well, okay, so we didn't really talk about this, but along with saving the president, Snake Plissken was supposed to be saving, like, the attache that the president was carrying because right. it has a, a cassette tape that's got some crucial information for the World Summit, right? Right. And so later, nuclear fission that promises world peace. World peace, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, and so after being brought up, he's back in. Pliskin's back in safety. The president's back in safety. He runs. He runs over to to the the scientist who gave him the the neck bombs. And he's like, cancel the neck bombs, dude. Mm-hmm. But uh, lo and behold, police commissioner is there. He's like, nah, not till you give me the the tape with nuclear fission on it. So Snake hands it over, and then they save him right as the clock's counting down in three, two, one, mm-hmm. and that's that's they save him right in time. <laughs> I yeah. do like that Snake looks like he's getting ready to like <sighs> if, if those veins <sighs> pops, he's gonna kill both of those guys yeah. before he's gone. Before he's gone, uh, and then he goes and talks to the president. He's like, "Mr. President, there's only one thing I want to know. D- d- do you regret the deaths that happened to to save you today?" And the president's <laughs> like, "I mean." Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess. I'd like to thank them, but I've got uh, two minutes before he, I go on here. Anyway. He was kind of like, yeah, I guess, but like, they were also the prisoners in there that were trying to murder me. Like, he yeah, didn't some people say died. The prisoners, because there were like guards and stuff that died too. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's fair. There were but, guards like, that died. A couple There's guards. the two guys on, on the, the wall. Sure. Yeah, but who else? And the people it. on the plane that were with him when okay. it went down, and et cetera. And in general, he's just like, he shows indifference. Yeah. Snake's like, huh. And then he walks off. And then as he walks off, oh, lo and behold, the, the tape with, with nuclear fission that would promise world peace, he swapped it for one of Cabby's, like, 20s big band music right, tapes. Yeah. And he, he rips up the tape of nuclear fission that I mean, would cause world peace and, and walks away. Normally, I would assume that, like, that tape had... Like it wasn't like it would cause world peace by like giving everyone free energy and all of this. It, it would like, just it like would be we've like got a, some the biggest of, bombs now. We've got super world nukes. Peace. Get yeah. eat our dicks. But instead, it's, it is kind of this kinda... movie. This movie came out 
in the middle of the Cold War. Yeah, absolutely. So that 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 would mm-hmm. track as well. Yeah, but also like, why is this individual cassette so valuable? Like, don't why you also copies or the scientists? Don't you just have the scientists themselves? Nope, killed them all. That's right. They're all. They were all on the plane too. The all of them, every last one, every copy of the tape. They all died in the plane Every crash. Every white paper. Mm-hmm. All they of had the to research. fly over President Island. That's right. He uh, Pliskin is is pulling out the tape from this cassette, ruining it, and it's the last loose end. That's it. And then the credits roll. Mm-hmm. And I forced myself to stay awake through this whole movie because <laughs> there have been movies before where, like, oh man, you know, we're, we started really late when yeah. we were watching it, and I'm really tired, mm-hmm. or. The movie's just super fucking boring, and I'm yeah. falling asleep. And this one, I knew that it was boring, but mm-hmm. I still wanted to see everything it had to offer. And so I was like, I mean, I was sitting up. I got some caffeine. I was like pulling my own hair to force myself <laughs> to stay <laughs> awake. And boy, it wasn't worth it. What a boring-ass movie. I'm going to start my final thoughts. Um, it's weird because it's also not the worst movie. No. Yeah. And, and and that's weird coming from me because I've said before that I would rather have a bad movie than a boring movie. Right. Yeah. This movie is boring not because there's nothing to offer. It's just they don't do much with what they've got. I right. really enjoy the setting. And I think yeah. that the setting is what I'll say is my favorite part. We talked before about how there's lots of reasons that a giant prison city wouldn't work, but it's it's a cool setting to imagine. It's like imagining a fantasy setting, yeah, right? Yeah. Or just something where it would be fun to explore, like in a game, something like that. Yeah. And all right, so that was the episode. Um, none of us really loved this one, unfortunately. Uh, we all kind of gave it the same rating of this was mostly kind of boring, even though it does end up sort of being influential in cinema history. So. Uh, we, we all gave it around like a two, two and a half, something like that. Um, and I really wish that we had more to do here, but uh, I, I don't. I would even go ahead and say the weird opinionated thing by myself, but it would sound really weird, so I'm not gonna. Uh, go ahead and just give it a little more listen past the ending song that I'm probably playing over this. So, um, thanks for listening. Knock on nasal until you tried it. <laughs> as long as Kaylin I'm the tried nasal. As long as I'm not the nasally. <laughs> as you, as long as you're not the one getting schnozzed. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure that it would be that great on the other side either. Yeah, but at least I'm not like I won't have a fucked up nose after I <laughs> fucked someone in the nose. You know what? You know what? I bet that if you're a woman, it would be much better than if you were a dude. I think that a woman fucking a nose would have a better time than a dude oh, yeah. fucking nose. Oh, yeah. You know, I haven't thought about like, that. It's just like a nice out. bump to grind sure. against, yeah. as opposed to if you I got mean, a dick, like there's no nostril that's that big. And just imagine the sensation sure of like the tip of your penis breaking that nasal cartilage no. and just popping permanently. No. Never be the same. Ugh. Okay, you, ever watch, you ever watch those videos where they suck stuff out of people's noses? No. Is that like an alternate version, Dr. Pimple Popper or something? Basically. 
I intentionally avoid the whole popping channel. Yeah. Big fan. Really? Yeah. You know, hate it. If you're into it, you're hate into it. it. But I'm not. There, I don't there are exceptions. Like, there's some stuff that I don't want to see, but normally it's pretty refreshing. There's, like, that Reddit post that comes up every now and then where it's the uh, the cast of the person's lung. It's like a, it's like a, a person mm. who has asthma, and as such, they, like, have coughing fits that occasionally are a little bit bloody. Yeah. And all of that built up to the point that they had, like, solid blood goo inside of their lungs. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. And eventually, like, they managed to cough up this yeah. gunk out of their lungs and what it looks like is a perfect cast of the inside That's of their lungs cool. with like little spaghetti noodles coming out of it and shit. That's I, so I have not weird. seen that, but that's pretty cool. I mean, you should look it up on your phone. Actually, I'll do it right now. All right, do it. Uh, it is a horrifying sight to see because it's real. I'm surprised that I haven't seen that on a, a popping subreddit. It sounds horrible. Just imagine how good it would feel. Yeah, no, to that's have what, that out. That's the whole like the There you go. Bike. Oh wow. Let me see. Think of what like I would think I was dying oh, if yeah. that came out of me like that. That's not That's like the plasma. That's like the thing. My organ is gone yeah. now. <laughs> I have coughed up a lung. No, just so cool, gunk though. inside of it. Apparently, the largest nose in existence is three is almost three point five inches, which to me in what dimension? See that like, can't be out right like from like whatever the the bridge to the tip, right? And so my thought with that is, there's no way if if it's only three and a half inches that way, there's yeah. no way you're you're. I was thinking like, more of people. You gotta with have like, you gotta have spaghetti dick to be able to get into those nostrils. I was thinking of people with like elephantitis or some kind of unique scenario to create bigger. But nostrils. elephantitis usually like adds growths. Yeah, that, but that I would like. I just mean like the of the an exception of some weird. I've got thing. elephantitis of the whole of my nose. Well, I it's don't just know. Really big. It can happen. I if can you, fit whole pies in there. Body Hold shit on. happens. If you have a micro penis, this is actually kind of perfect for you. You but can isn't have a micro penis more about length than girth. Yeah, I think it is. Because nobody, nobody's talking about nostril fucking and considering the length. They're only thinking is. You think am there's I going a different name? My girth into this. You think there's a different name for a micro penis that's just spaghetti thin? There's gotta be, doesn't there? Like, cause nobody's nobody's like, oh yeah, he's got like a six foot dick, or he's got like a six inch dick, but it's like rail thin, so we call it a micro penis, right? Like, like a gorilla. No, whenever someone says micro penis, they're always talking about like length. No one's talking like there's chodes, right? Yeah. That's a nice thick micro penis, thick, but yeah. short. But at the same, but there's no like alternative, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think it's impossible for a dude to fuck a nose. Let me look up some well, long. Like, like the nostril of a nose. You might you might like. I don't know, like slap it or something. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you do with well, it. This but. is an experience that perhaps people who are trans becoming men get bigger noses. It's not about the nose. It's the fact that you have a vulva where the clitoris, thanks to testosterone, swells to the point it essentially becomes a micro penis. If I that's you, then maybe you can go fuck a nose. Maybe. But at that point, it's still just an engorged clit. It's not an actual dick. Well, I think that thing, and with enough of uh, the hormone therapy, it uh, becomes something different than what it started out as. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I see that I'm learning something new. I did not know that. 
There's uh, there aren't really no. See, I'm I'm looking at pictures, and even this, it's like there's no way. Rick's gonna have a real interesting internet history this evening. I mean, I just searched transsexual penis. So did you look up a uh, super thing penis? Hold on, let me look that up too. How do you spell spaghetti? <laughs> spaghetti. Hey, you're, you're the, the one that went cook. to chef school. You ought to know. Yeah, I didn't go to spelling school. Spelling school. So school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a regular school. Also, it's just, like, the internet's just cutting in and out, so... I couldn't find any uh, super thing penises to my liking. <laughs> they weren't as thin what as I thought they would, would go. to your liking? I want to get to be like an abstract paint, like a gorilla's penis kind, kind of, of like thing. a pen? Yeah. I want it to be like ridiculously thing, but still regularly. All right, I searched for spaghetti penis, and... It's just, it's just art, right? It's no, like deviant art or something. No, it's little, they sell pasta shaped like penises, so that you can like. That would be great for a bachelorette party. I guess. Hey, I think Josh, I, aren't I, you getting married in the near future? I'm having a bachelor party, my dude. Okay, now look up a uh, sonic yeah, but toilet. My wife is in charge of your bachelor. Do it party. and then make it the wallpaper. <laughs> Super thin penis images. <laughs> Safe surfs. Safe no, surfs. turn that off. No. Okay. See, I'm even well. I don't know. That one might work. Let me see. gather around. That oh. might be a nostril fucker. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I mean, that it, man has. Right. It depends on the nostrils, but I feel like it's we're getting pretty close. Maybe it's kind of like if you're into Should butt I... stuff, you got to kind of warm up to it and stretch the uh, nostril out a little bit. Should I make this the next stop background for Rick? I want Sonic seriously thin schlong. It's a very tiny penis. Is that first one that you guys are in? Which, uh... Oh. Oh, I don't Wait, like that. I don't that? like that's that. Sonic toilet. He's Sonic as a toilet. The, the worst... The you worst. can't see the rest of him, but he's like a centaur with a, <laughs> a shag of the hedgehog as the tank. <laughs> the, the worst... The worst Wait, that, that I... Real? The worst that I see is always this shit. Uh, Sonic pregnant. Oh yeah, oh, that's always yeah. the worst. Hi Bowser, I'm pregnabbed. Wow, I'm a papa. Hugging a Sonic Shrek baby. Sonic Shrek baby. That is a genre that whenever it happens to pop up, I'm just like, nope. I'm gonna say far away at this one. Or maybe Shaggo Shrek baby. Oh, that's a good that's one. That's close. That's the same thing. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I love the. I hold on. I love the like the text under this. Yeah. You always miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> and it's just Batman holding his arms lovingly around a pregnant Shrek, and then there's a zoom in, and they're pregnant with Sonic. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh man. That's Rick's new desktop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we've all got to agree that um, no one talks about this conversation. Rick just has to listen to it when he starts editing the yes. podcast. Maybe you should take one of those tiny dicks and make that his profile <laughs> picture on his desktop. You think? Let's see if he's signed in on Facebook on there. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> make him a uh, sonic toilet. I'm going to find the good version of that sonic <laughs> the toilet. good version of the sonic toilet. I just love the fact that the inside of the bowl looks like a throat and a mouth. It is. It is his throat and mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. 